Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I can't. It's sublime. It is. And good afternoon. Uh, early afternoon, evening, whatever it is. Hey, hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. Doesn't matter. Let's do it. Are you sure it doesn't matter? Middle of the night, afternoon, at a, at the Mokeski Beach Club. We don't care. We have Welcome. important information to share with the world. Welcome to We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with the big fella, former Milwaukee Center, Paul Mokeski, coming to you at a special time today as we uh, prepare for game five of the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, more than I want to get on and talk a little bit about the game and some other NBA uh, news before uh, tip-off tonight, which could very well be the end of the 22-23 uh, regular season. Paul, I give Milwaukee, I give Miami all kind of credit for getting here, but uh, they're a little overmatched in this series. Well. Uh, overmatched a little bit, overperformed a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, I posted it before game four that if Stru if two of the three players, Struz, Robinson, or Martin, didn't perform, that they would lose the game. And they didn't perform, and they lost the game, which they haven't been performing for the whole series. So, you know, Caleb Martin, who, who was uh, – almost MVP of the Eastern Finals against the Celtics, is is pretty much a no-show in this series. I mean, he's had, in game one, he had he had uh, three points. In game two, he had three points. In game three, he had 10. And then in game four, he had 11. When he was averaging 20-something against Boston. Now that was, you know, that was out of his realm. Um, you know, but I told you, I told you years, right? Don Nelson, one of the greatest coaches ever, told me and the team, listen, don't give me 30 and 12 one night and then 7 and 5 the next night. Give me 12 and 9 every night and I know how to play you. Well, if if you, if, if uh, Struce, I mean, if Martin is giving you 20 and 20 and then 3, 3, 10, you got a problem. If Struce, who was, uh, you know, one of the better shooters in the Boston series and for all the East turn uh, uh, series, he scored a grand zero, 14, three, and zero. In two games, Ricky, he scored as much as you and me in two games, zero, zero yeah. points. He's a starting shooting guard, yeah. you know? And then you can you can throw in uh, uh, Robinson in there, who's had three, 10, nine, and 12, whatever, uh, uneventful. But one of the biggest letdowns, I think, and, and is Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent is a very good player. In fact, he does a lot of things. In game one, he had 19. In game two, he had 23. In game three, he had seven. And in game four, he had two points and no rebounds. He had two more points and the same rebounds as you and me. So, you know, I, I think uh, Butler has to perform. He has to become Jimmy Buckets. He has to get 30-plus points and 10-plus rebounds and 10-plus assists like he should, like he's supposed to if he's Jimmy Buckets. Uh, Bam uh, has to, you know, he's had some some decent games, but last game, I think he had five or six turnovers that led right to three-pointers or layups. You know, so he's got to do a little bit better. 
But if these role guys, and you can put Lowry and Love and Zeller in there, but they're not as big as the Vincent Struess, Martin Robinson. If they don't perform, you have no chance to win the game. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's what we're seeing. And, and you can see it, unlike college basketball, for one game, these guys are good enough to step up, have a great night shooting. Uh, 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 Denver has an off night, and you win a game at home. But to do that four times in a series, it's, it's almost asking the impossible. Yeah, but I'm not asking. I'm not asking Struce to score 20 points. I'm asking to score 12. He scores zero. He can't make wide open shots. I mean, there's a stat I saw today between Struce and Vincent in the last two games. They've scored a combined 12 points. They've missed 27 out of 37 shots, and they've missed 15 out of 17 three-pointers. That means they've made two three-pointers in two games. That's that's not, you know, we're not asking you, I'm not asking you to score 20. You got to score 12, 14. You're playing 20-something minutes. I mean, that's, I mean, and now let's flip-flop it, right? Let's look at Denver. So they got the Joker and Murray who are playing great and all that. Uh, Michael Porter has been uh, has been uh, up and down. Uh, but he's given you 12, 14, but he's had a couple. But Aaron Gordon, who scored 16, 12, and 11, comes out with a game on the road, 27, 7, and 6. And then you have Brown, who's been pretty good, 10 points, 11 points. He comes out with 21 on the road. So where is Struess? Where's Martin? Where's Robinson? Where's Vincent? At home. I mean, that to me, that's mind-boggling. And, uh, you know, besides, you know, those players not stepping up in this season, uh, you know, Steve, everybody's tired. Everybody played 100 games. That's no excuse. You fly private. You get all the treatment you want. You know, you know everybody's tired. So, uh, and the other thing that sticks out to me, and this is my final point before I let you get it, uh, Miami Heat have gone on an unbelievable roll, right? They beat the number one team in the Bucks four to one. They, you know, they beat the Knicks, and then they beat Boston uh, in, in Game Seven in Boston. But look at how they did it, right? So look at their shooting against the Bucks. They shot forty nine percent, and then they shot forty two from the three. Uh, from Boston, they they shot forty five from. 4% and 45% from the three. Against the Knicks, they shot 43% and only 30% from the three. That was good enough to beat the New York Knicks. That was good enough. Now, against Denver, they're shooting 42% and 34% from the three. That's what they shot against the Knicks and they beat them. But the Denver Nuggets are not the Knicks. And this is the NBA Finals, not the second round. So, you know, what we thought to begin with, that they were on a run and playing well, the shooters were shooting, but they relied, if they don't shoot like they, can, they they need to shoot, they got no chance of winning this. Denver's bigger, stronger at every position. Uh, they're not deeper. Denver's not deeper. You, you know what? I, I, I saw the other day, I, I forget which game. It might have been the last game. Reggie Jackson got some minutes for Denver. He might be starting if he's in Miami. And he can't get off the bench in Denver. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't I mean, look at, I mean, Denver's not like, Miami we knew, right? 
they're, they have Butler, Bam, Vincent, who's okay, Struess, uh, you know, and uh, Hero out helps, hurts them, right? But then they have Martin and Robinson and Lowry and Love off the bench. Denver has Joker, Murray, Gordon, Por uh, Porter Jr. That's four. Then they got Caldwell Pope. They got Brown, okay. And they got Braun Brown. That's their team. And they have a 38-year-old green. Are they really deep? They're not deep. They're not deep. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, Everybody's players, he, they play, he plays Joker, Murray, Gordon, Porter Jr., Caldwell Pope, and Brown. Those six guys play between 35 and 45 minutes. But they're not a deep team. And, and people are talking about them being the dynasty, which they have probably. They got to get a deeper bench. They have to get a real backup center. They don't have one. They don't have a backup center. And then they have to get another wing player slash guard that can contribute so they can be eight deep. Hey, Mo, uh, I think Steve's trying to make you mad here. <laughs> well, I, you know, I can't. I mean, if Miami did a gentleman's sweep, right, then, uh, you know, maybe they could. I mean, that's disappointment in itself. I mean, the Bucks underachieved, and in my opinion, and I'll say this, I'll say it again. Uh, Giannis is a great player, but he's the most um, uh, uh, under-talented under player that's ever been an MVP. But yeah, I think he told me he, he has more holes in his game than any, well, he, any player. I mean, let's... He's athletic as hell, competitive as hell, physical, runs the floor, gets to the basket, can finish as good as anybody in the league. That's awesome. Can't shoot a three, terrible at the free throw line, has no mid game, and, and is a bad passer. Those are four things that are lacking. So, you know, unless Giannis, you know, he's talking about coming back stronger. Okay, come work on those parts of your game. I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, but, you know, Denver, could Denver sweep the Bucs this year, maybe? <laughs> well, and, and to be fair with, against the Bucs, Giannis missed two games in that series. So, yeah, and I know cool. that happens. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the Bucks roster and how deep they are, you know, and Middleton was hurt, too. That That's, you know, Middleton was... Middleton never got back into the flow of things, and now he's a free agent, restricted free agent. But, I mean, you know. Do you invest in him, Mo? I don't know. I mean, you got to make a decision. I mean, uh, you know, they picked up some players, you know, late late in the uh, in the trade deadline and, and signed them. But, you know, they need to they need to rethink things, right? They have a, a new uh, coach in Adrian Griffin, uh, you know, who supposedly Giannis really likes, but some of the other players don't like whatever in the NBA is, whatever. But, you know, they're going to have to rethink because Middleton's going to cost them a lot of money, which limits who you can sign back. And, you know, uh, but so Middleton, first... Middleton's a skilled player next to Giannis who's not a skilled player. Giannis is not a skilled player. Yeah. He's just a, well, as Steve says, he's uh, up to 253 now. No, I, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, look at Ben Simmons' pictures, right? Did you see those the other day? Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Can he, is he working on his jump shot? <laughs> I mean, Giannis can look like a Greek god, which he does. He already does, right? Yeah. So are you working on your free throws? 
Are you working on your three-point shot to become more consistent? Are you working on your mid-game decision-making? I mean, I've said this before, Giannis, come to Vegas for a month and work with me. Come on. Let's work on those those weaknesses. You know, and, and, you, have, and you have said before, they're all correct in that. Absolutely. He has the ability to improve in all those areas. No question with it, but you have to have humility also, right? Like Tiger Woods was the best golfer in the world and knew he had to adjust his swing, and he broke it all the way down and was terrible for a summer. But then when, when it became, you know, when it, when it got to where it needed to get, then he was the great player he was again, but he knew that. You know, but you have to have the humility to do that. Michael Jordan had it. Magic Johnson had it. Larry Bird had it. Uh, you know, they, those guys always got better in the offseason, right? Because they work on their weaknesses. So they're, they're, for Giannis, there's, there's, I mean, come on, there's a lot to work with. But with work and, you know, he has decent form uh, on his free throws and his three-point line. He needs to get consistent, get a better routine for that free throw. Just throw that other thing out, whatever you've been using. Throw it out, start it over, make it simpler, make it shorter. And then uh, work on three-point shots consistently all summer long uh so you know instead of a 31 or 32 now you're at 36 37 who who's gonna guard you now forget about it hey hey going, going back to the uh finals tonight uh, uh the heat may get tyler hero back it, is it too late and and does he even help them coming back because he hadn't played with anybody in a while yeah i don't uh the, the best thing about that, the best thing about Tyler Hero coming back is that you won't see his ugly-ass bucket hat on the bench. That's the best thing about Tyler Hero coming back. No freaking bucket hat on the bench. What a joke that is. I mean, you're in the NBA, you're on a bench, you're wearing a bucket hat, shorts, flip-flops, sunglasses. What? I mean, NBA, clean it up, please. But... You know, I, I agree, Ricky. I think it's too late. They beat the Bucks without him. He's, he broke his hand in the first game. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Celtics. You know, at this point, you're going to expect him to come in in a closeout game and, and knock, you know, knock down five or six threes. That's not going to happen. Now, you know, if you could put him in, if Struess and Robinson are struggling again, and you could put him in and he could hit a couple uh, uh, spot-up threes and, open the floor for uh, uh, Butler and uh, Bam, you know, maybe five or six minutes here, but he, he's not going to come in to play 25 minutes. So, you know, I would say too little, too late. But Yeah. I mean, he's as supposed to probably just trying to any and everything now because he knows the situation. Yeah, I mean, he's, there's no way that Tyler Hero, if he's available, right, if he's available to play and he's in uniform, there's no way – that he puts them in, you know, before Struess or Robinson or, or Martin. You're not going to put them in before those guys. But if they lay eggs like they have been laying, then it's like, hey, uh, come on in. Give it a shot. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, I, going, I, going back to uh, Giannis, that's a good question from Steve. He saw him hit 43 or 50 on the Internet. Is free throw shooting mental for him? And I know you laughed about he getting right on the internet. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is mental. I mean, uh, I, I I don't know if you remember Chris Dudley from yeah, Gale. Absolutely, good player. Six eleven, backup big. 
was actually I think he shot 18% from the free throw line. It was, you know, it was brutal and people would wave money behind the basket and, you know, just make fun of him. I was with him in Cleveland and after I would work with him after, you know, after practice and he would make, he would make 80 out of a hundred. But then you put him in a game. You're, and you're freaking kidding me, man. Get a hitch in a shot and start thinking about it. Look at Charles Barkley's golf swing. That's mental, right? You look at him on the practice range and he's just swinging smooth. And then when he gets him on a tournament or something, he just stops and freezes. That's that's mental. Uh, but uh, I would, you could tell me where I can watch him make all those free throws. I would love to share that with us because I'd love to watch it and see what his routine is. Has he shortened his routine, simplified it? If that's the, if that's the case, then you got something there. That, as I told you before, this is where golf and basketball come together. Before you hit a golf shot, you need to go through your routine and think about the target, not the consequences of the shot, not the important, the target, the target, the target. Basketball, yeah. same way, am I right? Yeah, routine. Use your routine, get your target, get your alignment, golf, get your target, get your alignment, basketball free throw, and then depend on your routine and the follow through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Easier yeah. said than done when you're, uh, you know, yeah. if you're playing golf and, you know, there's, you know, 50,000 people watching you or, you know, you're shooting a free throw and, and there's 20,000 people screaming at you. You know, so it's, it's it's a lot more mental than that. But you got to do it over and over again, and repetition, repetition, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's mental for sure. Um, Mo, let's uh, you know, we got the draft coming up uh, uh, soon after the uh, finals, not far from here, and Big uh, uh, Wimby, Wimbyana. Uh, this <laughs> got blew out the other night by Monaco, and the big fella only had uh, eight points, and he had, yeah, I think eight points, seven rebounds, and a block shot. He really struggled against Monaco, and he struggled against them earlier in the year as they got beat uh, 87-64. San Antonio's not worried about this showing, right? No, I mean... First of all, uh, uh, expectations and understandings need to be uh, uh, come down to earth, right? So I've seen him play. Uh, you know, he, he's un, you know, he's, he's seven four, eight foot arm span, super long, super skinny. Um, you know, uh, has a nice touch, especially out to the three, even the NBA three. You know, he can handle the ball a little bit, but he's not a ball handler. He handles the ball like the Joker handles the ball, right? The Joker can get a rebound and bring the ball down, correct? Right. Because no one's pressuring him. So he can do that, plus probably a little more. Uh, Wendy Yambe can, can run a pick and roll, but he's not a ball handler, Wiz. Um, good, great shot blocker, great upside, uh, but he's got a long way to go. I mean, you know, he, he's got a long way to go, especially his pro career. He's playing against men, um, and he's been doing that for a long time. He's just a young kid. So his upside is outstanding, crazy. But 
you know, to put, you know, uh, you know, Ralph Sampson, uh, uh, Pozingas, uh, you know, you could just name a ton of names that have been great players, you know, but, but not like change, not Michael Jordan's or change the, the game like everybody's, like a lot of people are saying. Uh, you know, Chet Holmgren, right? You know, he, he was the exact same as Exactly. Except uh, this kid is taller and longer. Uh, so let's give him some time. Also, the game, like you're seeing it right now, in Europe, games are different. First of all, they're, uh, they're shorter. They're eight minutes shorter. They're ten minute quarters, so they're eight minutes shorter. Second of all, you can play zone. Third of all, over there, uh, more emphasis on team play than individual play. So you don't get as many shots. Shots are spread around more between all the players. Uh, and that's, an, uh, that's another fact. And the, the third fact is people don't understand that the center for uh, Monaco is uh, uh, De, uh, Denitus Montianis, who, was, who played for the Houston Rockets for about three or four years. He's a 6'11", strong player, knows how to play. He's played over in Europe everywhere. He's a he's a good player. He's not playing against you know, kid, you know he's not playing against college players either. These are pros. So you know let's. That's a high quality. That's a high quality league over here. He's in. Yeah, it's, it's you know is it the highest? No, uh, uh, Spain. Uh, uh, you know is higher. Uh, a couple other countries, but it's right there. It's at the top, and you're playing against guys that have, that have played in the NBA and played overseas or played overseas at a high high level. These guys are making millions of dollars. It's real. It's real uh, basketball, and uh, you know, you got to really give him time. I mean, I love his attitude. I heard him talk. Uh, I love his game. He's working on really good stuff. His core conditioning, stuff like that. And, you know, but let's let's look. Like Dirk Nowitzki wasn't always Dirk Nowitzki. For the first two years, Dallas was laughed at for drafting him. They were laughed at. His first year in the league, he was abused. He was beat up, taken advantage of. It was horrible. They were laughing at him. So they gave him time, and they had a situation. Don Nelson was there to be patient with him. And, and you know, so, you know, it's not going to be, you know, he's not going to come over here and average 30 and 10. He's not going to do that. He will have games where he has 40 and 15. Yeah, but then you also have games where he has ten and six. Yeah, he so, has some eight point game. You yeah. know, so but, but you know, you know, it. Nobody's gonna wait for him. It's gonna. He's gonna have to handle that pressure because nobody's gonna wait. That's oh. the way it is now with social media. And, yeah, and yeah. But he's had that on him for a long time. He played professional for three years already. Yeah, he's played in that league for three years. So, you know. Uh, you know, he's had, he's had everybody, you know, social media, everybody, and they're, you know, they're uh, treating him like the, the, the next uh, great, you know, Michael Jordan or whatever. He's not there yet. But I think from what I've heard and, and listened to him, he's got the mentality to say, hey, I'm here to get better. I'm here to, you know. And you know what? You know, Popovich is going to help him. Oh, Being yeah. where he's at in San Antonio, will help him greatly because he's done it before. You know, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, uh, Ginobili, Parker, his own countrymen who he's played with in, in uh, uh, international teams. So, 
that's a good situation for him. But, you know, people need to chill out, you know. Steve wrote up a blast from the past. He said John McLaughlin was going to help Giannis. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you need to get off the Milwaukee Bucks, man. That's part of the problem, though. I mean, Giannis is probably back in Greece, um, work, you know, working with his brothers, maybe playing in, in the, on the national team. But, Steve, if you have those videos of the free throws, please let us know where we can look at them. Well, we got a little breaking news. This happened a little earlier uh, today. Uh, uh, Fred Van Fleet has uh, declined the Raptors uh, players option of $22.8 million. So uh, he'll hit the market when free agency starts June 30th. That's uh, he's good. So, you know, man, Mo, question for you. Who would you rather have at this point in their career? Because it looks like both of them are going to be available this summer. Van Fleet or Chris Paul? It's not even close. Van Fleet. It's not even close. I mean, younger, born his prime. Chris Paul is at the end of his career. However, uh, you know, you, you got to put the money in there too, right? Chris Paul yeah. uh, had, was going to make $30 million. Uh, They bought him out for $15 mil. Um, But he's going to have to go to somewhere that – to go anywhere, really. Because if I'm a young team and I'm not going to playoffs, I'm not going to pay him $30 million, right? And if I'm, a, if I'm a team that's in contention like the Lakers, <clears throat> uh, you don't have $30 million to spend on him. So he's going to have to be willing to come in for 10 or $15 mil, whatever that is. Uh, to be able to play on a good team, and that's where he's at. Van Fleet is on the other end. He just turned down 24, 22 million. He's going to double his income. He's going to double it. He's going to make 40 plus million a year next year and sign for four or five years. So totally different in your uh, uh, salary cap structure and also in, on your team. I mean, you know, Chris Paul can't carry a team anymore or can't be, I don't think, can be one of the top two players. Uh, uh, people on your team, but Van, Van Fleet can be strong, durable guard, score, penetrate, tough. You know. Uh, now, you know, now I know you can't this in reality, but there's no money out for just value as a player. Uh, what what of the better teams in the league would Paul be fit for? Well, I think obviously everyone's talking about the Lakers, um, you know, because they don't really have a point guard. Um, do, or, or, I don't know if you even need one, but they might now because you know their 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 point guard really in, in the past years has been LeBron James, right? He's the one that brings the ball down. But now that he's getting older and and more taxed, uh, you know, maybe they need someone like Chris Paul, uh, you know, to take the pressure off him. They they have to sign Austin Reeves now. And they have to sign him first, uh, you know, to get him. No, that actually, I would have to sign Chris Paul first, and then they have the option on uh, Oscar Reeves, and and uh, uh, you know, so that might be a good fit. I heard some people talk about Boston. Uh, I don't think that's you know, unless you get rid of uh, um, uh, Marcus Smart, you know, th then you move on from him, and then you pick up Chris Paul to try to make one more run at it, uh, you know. Marcus Smart is kind of the heart of that team. 
Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe, but that's who I was. That's who I was thinking. No, nah, but where is it going to? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking. I'm just talking I'm about talking basketball. About Holiday is the point guard, right? Yeah. So what is Chris Paul going to be a backup point? Is he going to, you know, you know, maybe? I don't know. You know, be interesting. If you didn't resign. Uh, Middleton, could you make Holiday a two and Chris a one? No, I don't think they have anything. Middleton's looking at resigning for forty or fifty million. Chris Paul's going to have to play for ten. That 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 you would. I would want to keep both of them. I need to keep both of them now. And Chris Paul, you're going to have to come for fifteen, uh, near fifteen mil or something. You know? But uh, wow, poor guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're talking about ridiculous. I mean. I mean, you know, we're talking about Van Fleet turning down 22 mil. Right. I mean, for you and me, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm give you that and I'm set for life, right? He, and he's a good player, but come on. Sure. Yeah, know. but I mean, I'm talking about financial. I mean, give right. me that. Give me that. Right. And I'm set for life. You and me are set for life, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's like winning the lottery, but, you know, they're talking about a different lottery. We're talking about a state lottery that gives us twenty million. There's, he's talking about a world lottery where it's going to give him twenty two hundred fifty million. <laughs> two different lotteries. Yeah, that that's that is just uh, uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, oh, oh, you know, no, Draymond, go ahead, Mom. Draymond Green is going to be on the market soon, probably too. So, you know, that's another one. Where is he going to go? So, so how about this? Draymond Green and Chris Paul to the Lakers. How about that? Draymond and who to the Lakers? Chris Paul. To the Lakers. They're both yeah, free agents. Makes them a better team. Huh? Yeah. I mean it makes them a better team for sure. I mean, shoot. I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking outside the box, you know, Chris, you gotta come here, you know, two years at ten million, eat whatever you want to do. And then Draymond, you gotta come here cheap for the first year. And then we'll kick kick in a lot after that, and we'll go win a championship. <laughs> this is when championships are put together, though. Now, after the season's over, you got the draft, and, and but but the thing about the NBA, the NBA is so unlike the NFL, where these draft picks take a minute to come in. Of course, you have your exceptions to them. But for the most part, it's going to take them two or three years, which is why you don't like the picks. Because if you coach it, you're going to be gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got one Miami, you have uh, um, uh, uh, Scoot Henderson, and you got the kid from Alabama. Brandon Miller. And then you got a bunch of random players. I mean, who, I mean, who do you have? Now, if you're in the NFL, now you're looking at picking up you know, some offensive linemen, defensive linemen, DB. You know, that's yeah. going to help you get your, you know, get you, you know, so you're looking at fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, because you need six offensive line or eight, seven, whatever. And then you need so, you know, that makes, you know, okay, he's going to be our backup. So-and-so gets hurt, blah, blah, blah. In the NBA, you know, other than those three, and, you know, I'm not a Scoot fan, but you're talking about these other guys. They're going to be Christian Brown. Brown. Yeah. That's what they're going to be. So they're going to help you win some games, but they're not going to be in your rotation. 
you know, Christian was in the rotation in and out. Early on, he wasn't playing at all. And now he's doing himself a great service and doing the dirty work and becoming, getting a reputation that's going to solidify him in the league. But that all these other guys you're drafting in the first round, you hope they're Christian Browns. You hope that. For, but most of them won't be. So, hey, know. hey, Mo, um, we, we got coaching news today, too. Uh, the, the Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse, former coach of the year, former former uh, 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 NBA championship coach out, uh, former Grizzlies assistant, uh, uh, Rikot, uh, gosh, uh, Darko Rajakovic. Yes, Darko. I said, hey, you just mentioned Darko here around Detroit, man, and people start uh, saying. Darko Rajakovic. Where was Darko from, the player? Uh, Serbia. I'll look it up, but I think it was Serbia. That's where that's where this Darko is from, Serbia, by the way. Yeah. And, and that's where the Joker's from, too, by the way. Yep, he was from uh, Serbia. Yeah, so they're from Serbia is a small country with great basketball players. I mean, you know, but and coaches. So I've coached against uh, uh, Darko uh, in the NB, NBDL, you know, the developmental league, uh, now the G League. He was in Tulsa and I was in Reno. I coached against him. Always prepared, always had his players uh, uh, engaged. Um, but think about his career. So. You know, he was in the G League for two years. Then he was in OKC for five as an assistant. Then he went to the Suns for two as an assistant. Then he was uh, went to Memphis for two. Uh, he's also been an international scout for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he coached in Spain for three years at a high level in Spain and was successful. Here's what's going to blow your mind. He started coaching his coaching career in Serbia at 16 years old. Whoa. 16 years old, he started coaching youth teams in Serbia. At 16. At 18, he was the head coach for the 18 and under Serbian national team. <laughs> that, that is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> so you hear a player's doing that. You don't really hear a coach's doing that. And uh, Darko's really level-headed. A uh, very good, smart basketball coach, X's and O's. Uh, he's a no-nonsense guy now. You know, the reputation of Serbian coaches and a lot of coaches, Yugoslavian over there, tough-minded. I, I, I coach the Great Britain uh, national 20-and-under team in Bosnia. And uh, we played a tournament, and, and I scouted games with Serbia. And those coaches uh, were screaming at their players, berating their players. All the way, you would take them out of the game, they would follow them all the way down to the bench, and they'd sit down, and they'd get right in their face, and they'd scream at them. And that's kind of that mentality. Darko's like the next generation of that. Like, he's very demanding and very um, uh, uh, accountable, uh, but he's not as in your face as the older coaches in his genre. And I think that happens to be because he started at 16 years old, so he was as old as his players. You know, so he, he had to treat them differently. So this is going to be interesting because, like you and I have talked, Detroit has an interesting young uh, nucleus there. Yeah. Uh, they, need, they need some pieces. I think they have room uh, in the um, 
uh, money money wise in their that money that money to spend. Yeah, so if they do it wisely, uh, who's the GM in, in, in Detroit? Uh, Trey Burke. Uh, yeah, so, not Trey yeah. Burke. Uh, I think of it. Uh, yeah. DC. Troy so, Reaver. Troy Reaver. So they. Troy Reaver is with. Is they're, the, uh, going, they're going with a coach like much, you know, uh, much like, um, you know, younger players, relationships, development. So it's going to be interesting, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, th that's a good dynamic. Then you look at the difference of, you know, um, uh, Phoenix, right? They, they hired an older coach, Frank Vogel, right? Guy that's been around a while. Uh, because now you have, you know, you have KD, you have Booker, you have Aiton, you don't have Chris Paul anymore, but you got veterans. Uh, that make up about 150 million of your salary cap, by the way, and actually they only have two more players signed. They only have they only have five players. They have uh, uh, Shamet uh, uh, and uh, Campaign, and then they got a couple other two-way guys. That's all they have on their roster right now. Everybody else is free agents. And Chris has a great uh, little note about Braun, who won three high school cup championships. One one at Kansas, and now is on the verge of the NBA title. I mean, winning, winning matters. Being part of winning teams matters, and it matters to coaches and general managers and and scouts. And, you know, because you know winners find a way to win. And you know, I, I don't know. I know uh, uh, Christian has a chance to be one of the few players in the history of the game that have won a uh, college championship and an NBA championship in back-to-back -back years. I think yeah. Bill Russell did it, Magic Johnson did it, and I'm not sure who else, if anyone else has done that. You know what I like about this game, Mo? He does not try to force anything. He's like, I'm going to get these 10 minutes and I'm going to be all over the place uh, just trying to make the right play. And he doesn't – he. He's thinking defense first. If yeah. I can guard my guy and make a steal, which he did uh, a lot, and you know, and play hard and play physical, I can stay on the floor longer. And now, if I get a bucket, because he was, I think, in uh, like in games one and two, you know, uh, 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 the Joker complimented him, uh, like you're a winner and you help us win. Uh, but when you look at his stats, like. He had no points and one rebound in game one, but he dove on the floor and he made a couple steals, you know, and then he gets the opportunity uh, in game three to get, pop out for 15 points. I mean, shoot. Yeah. Uh, Chris has a question. Paul, is Vinny the, what is Vinny the Microwave Johnson doing now in Detroit? I can answer that, Mo. Making all kinds of money, uh, Chris. He is in the... Uh, automotive uh, manufacturing business and his company has done very 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 well uh, in fact there, there was a piece recently it may have been in the detroit free press or the uh or the news talking about uh his business i think this may be their 20th year in business he has done uh, uh very well mo was he here when you were here he wasn't here yet was he no uh-uh 
came, I think, two years later, I think. And, and the thing about Vinny as, as a player, I mean, he was kind of compact guy that had the quick release when he would come off that curl. And if he got it going, he got it going. If he didn't have it, uh, 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 Daddy Rich would get him out of there. I mean, he really knew how to work Benny Johnson's strengths as a scorer. And it's like he could tell quickly if he had it going. He had about four shots to get it going. Yeah, well, and he also posted up. He posted up his little guards. Like we had Ricky Pierce in Milwaukee that we would just post post him up against little guards and, you know, just, you know, we call it the torture chamber, put him down in the torture chamber because, you know, he knew how to use his body. He knew how to get off his shot. You know, and he, and he had a good touch. He, you know, he's, he's a smart basketball IQ guy. Boy, Ricky Pierce, yes, man. Uh, he was quite a player. I love the interview we did with him with uh, D. Gerv uh, probably about a year or so ago. Um, question about tonight's game. Do you think Miami needs to slow the tempo down or win or not? Chris, that's a tough call because the way Miami won game two is they sped up the tempo. Uh, and, and I still think they need to because if, if the score is um, – you know, 105 to 100 or 99, I think Denver wins. I think my, the only way Miami, they need to get hot. They need Strews, Robinson, Caleb Martin to knock down threes. They're getting open looks. They need to knock down threes, and they need to keep the game in the flow and uh, get, get in transition and get easy buckets, uh, and then you've got a chance. But the score needs to be 115, 111, something like that for Miami. So... But at the same time, I know what you're talking about, Chris, because, you know, Denver is not bad in the, in the transition, but Denver, in my opinion, is one of the best half-court offensive teams in the league. Uh, they have the pick-and-roll with Jamal and the Joker, and, and they have uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, and they have uh, Gordon all spreading the floor. Gordon Strong is back into the basket. They post up guys when they so, – to me, when they're walking the ball up and executing their offense, they're more dangerous. That's Denver. And when Miami's uh, pushing it in, in the flow and getting to the paint and kicking out the shooters and they're actually making shots, I think that's their only chance to make, I think. Now, you know, I know you're thinking, Chris, well, we can slow it down and maybe, just maybe, we can get a basket or a three at the end to win the game. I can see that. But uh, I'd say... Miami still needs to push the pace, I think. Good question, though. Really good question. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough for 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 uh, the Heat to – how about uh, one more? How about a triple-double from two players on the same team, Denver? Yeah, they've already done that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and that's very rare in the finals. I know that. Um, hey, you, you said I, you said they are very good in half court, which I totally agree with. And in part of that, because Joker is such a, a good passer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, tall, big, high basketball IQ, long arms, and really good passer. And also, people understand. I mean, those shots that Joker makes, those flip shots that are 10, 12 feet away, those are some of the hardest shots in basketball. That's harder than a three. 
that takes so much touch, especially if you're a big guy. <laughs> very difficult, but you know, I, and the the key to Miami, right? If they're going to win this game, they can't shoot 42 from the field and 34 from the three. They got to shoot what they did against Boston, 45 uh, or Milwaukee, 45 to 49 from the two and 42 to 45 from the three and speed up the game. And they got a chance take a swing at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle. I saw their faces uh, after the last game and, you know, they're talking the right talk. You know, we've been, we've been the underdogs all year and people count us out all year. And we just do our thing and we're going to go in and do our thing. And we're going to take whatever it takes to win in Denver. And, you know, that's really, uh, you know, that's the right party line to take. But doing it is something else. And, uh, you know, shoot. Uh, if they do it, it'll make the series really interesting. But uh, that's, they need to play lights out. And Jimmy Butler has to become Jimmy Buckets or it's not going to happen. I, I was just about to ask you, what are you going to be watching for uh, uh, tonight, uh, especially early? Because there's no way Miami can let this game get out of hand. Even though they came back, the game they did when they came back from being down, uh, I believe 15 and more. But that was at home. Yeah, if they, if they get down 15 in this game, it'll be a blowout, 2025. That'll happen fast. If they can keep the game close, I'm looking for, number one, Jimmy Butler has to be Jimmy Buckets. He has to go score 20 points in the first quarter. Screw it. That's what I'm going to do. And then uh, Bam has to be aggressive going to the basket and finishing and not throw the stupid ball away like he did in the last game. And then those three, two of those three have to make shots. Struess, uh, Martin, and uh, Robinson are wide open. You have to make those shots. And then you got a chance. But if that doesn't happen, you know, by the middle of the second quarter, it can be a long night and get ugly. Yeah. Hey, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Mo? Yes. Go, Knights, go. The, the Stanley Cup is in Vegas right now. Uh, close out game tomorrow for the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're up 3-1, right? They're up 3-1. Uh, they, 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 they had a game they should have won. They're two minutes away in, in game three. They would have swept. It's been very physical. Uh, and I'm not a hockey guy, but it's interesting to watch. Really physical. Guys are taking cheap shots and punching guys in the face when the refs aren't looking. Awesome stuff. Uh, if, this, if, you know, if this happens in Vegas, the strip in Las Vegas is going to be insane. Wow. It is, I, I'm not talking about New Year's Eve insane or July 4th insane. I'm talking about crazy, crazy, insane Stanley Cup in Las Vegas. Go, mates, go. Hey, one last thing. If, if you're a Miami Heat fan and you know this is pretty much done, what do you take out of this run? I, I mean, if you're a Miami Heat fan, you should be happy as hell. I mean, there's no way they should be where they're at. And they, they play valiantly. Uh, you know, the culture, whatever they say that is, has, has proven true. Uh, they've been overmatched. They've never given up. Uh, hopefully tonight they won't give up. And they have a nucleus that they can build on. So, you know, let's face it. We weren't talking about them. We were talking about the Celtics. We were talking about the Bucks. We were talking about the 76ers. We weren't talking about them to fourth, fifth, or sixth. And look what they've done. 
Uh, something special, I hope, Miami fans, because you know what? They're they're a little spoiled. They've had some championships there. Denver's been in the league for so many years and never got to the finals. Miami's been in the in the league half as many years and has championships for it. So I hope the Miami Heat fans are proud of their team. Uh, they should be. Pat Riley and Spolster do an unbelievable job in their whole staff. And, uh, you know, if they if they make the right moves, which, guess what, they usually do, you know, they could be back here next year. Who knows? Hey, don't forget to check out this and all our other shows on TheLead.com, B-L-E-A-D.com. For the big fellow, Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. Thank you guys for your questions and comments. We'll see Thanks, you next. Peace. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thank you, Mo. Go, let's go. <laughs> Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.